Welcome to Around the Diamond, presented by Natural State Sports. I'm your host, Steve Henson, and joining me as always, Kevin Bohannon. How's it going today, Kevin? Doing better, Steve. How are you doing today? Man, I'm making it. We had a, had an incident with my dog, or he got kind of sick last night, so we had to had to put my dog down this morning. So, been a tough day, man. Been a tough day. Yeah. So. Well, we're, we're keeping you in our thoughts and prayers, and the rest of the Henson family, I know it's always tough, but, uh, you know. Onto 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 other things and never know what can happen. That's right. He had he had twelve good years of uh, chasing baseballs and playing in the lake, and so we yeah can't can't complain too much. So tough day, but it's all good. So uh, I know you weren't you were a little under the weather, so hopefully you're feeling a little bit better today. Yeah, last three days have been kind of rough, and yesterday's kind of a culmination. But yeah, back and better today, and ready to talk some baseball. Fantastic, man. Well, glad you're feeling a little bit better. Um, this this guy here seemed to uh, to feel pretty good all weekend. This could be trouble. What a flip with the glove! Are you serious, Robert Moore? That was absolutely sick. Goodness, the fans here in Fam are gonna love this kid. The glove flip, and it's, it's even a backhand glove flip. What a play by Robert Moore. Man, this weekend was the Robert Moore show in Fayetteville, it seemed like. Uh, Robert hit 667, uh, eight total hits, one home run, nine RBIs, 750 on base percentage. Uh, you know, the, the slash play there into the wheel route, that backhanded glove flip we just heard co-player of the week in the sec and of course perfect games national player of the week what can't this kid do yeah second straight week that arkansas razorback has been named sec player of the week we're not even worried about the co-part but that's the first time in program history plus he was named perfect game national player of the week and a month ago people were saying okay the 17 year old kid is going to miss his senior year come to arkansas and the answer was yes he is and he's going to be a dude you don't miss your senior year of high school like we said last month and just come for midweek games robert moore is everything we thought of and more he his hands are so lightning quick i've known a lot of people that i've talked to say man i just he's just playing above his age well if you're a baseball player you're a baseball player and it's been a lot of fun to watch him and casey up the middle and just this Razorback team as a whole, Steve, they're, they're playing at the level that everybody thought they would. The pitching is there. It's really deep. You can run out 12, 13 guys and not really worry about it. So it's going to be a lot of fun as we take a step up in competition this week, play a couple of ranked teams, and see how they come out of Houston. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they they just continue to hit hit the ball well. Uh, you know, Franklin, his hot start continued. He's still he's hitting four sixty two to lead the team. Hit another bomb that uh, just happened to be an oppo taco with an exit velo of one hundred four. So um, Franklin just continues to mash. Opitz looked good. He hit four twenty nine on the weekend. Uh, just a double short of the cycle on Friday. So the bats are definitely there. Yeah, and we talked about you know how much improved would Christian Franklin be. And that opposite field home run, it just, it was just pure strength. He just flipped the bat at it, and then it was just like, boom, 104 off the bat. So the added weight to Opitz, you're able to see how he's able to have gap power and home run power now. He's not just a slap hitter, kind of like he was as a freshman and sophomore. So it's a lot of fun to watch these guys one through nine 
and some of the guys that you know aren't hot right now. I know Casey's kind of struggling. He finally got his first home run. Uh, Casey Martin did, so it's going to be a lot of fun to watch these guys. And when they're really clicking on all cylinders, look out. Yeah, absolutely. Once Martin gets going, I mean, obviously, you know, I think he's hitting about two oh eight right now, somewhere in that in that range, and, and just really hasn't got on track. But hopefully, you know, seeing the ball as well as he did with that hit, uh, the, the home run on Sunday, and uh, he had a he had another pretty good shot on Sunday, I think as well. Plus, got a stolen base and an extra bag out of that. So maybe yeah, that was on base for yeah, on base percentages up there as well. He's been intentionally walked um, four times, I believe. So. He's getting on base at about a 400 clip, and that's what you need, especially if you got guys behind him like Opitz, Nesbitt, Franklin that can drive him in. Well, and especially with his speed. I mean, you see, you saw that on, I think what well, that was Sunday, I believe, when he, he stole second. The ball got out in the, in, in the center field, and he ended up taking third with it as well. So his speed just puts a little extra pressure on everybody when he's on the base pass as well. So Definitely. Yeah, so Wick looked really good on Saturday. Um, you know, we were excited. Yeah. We got the opportunity to go up to the game on Friday and had thought about going to the game Saturday. But, you know, I was really excited to see Nolan throw on Friday. But, man, Wick just uh, almost untouchable. Six innings, you know, one hit, one walk, seven strikeouts. Uh, I think he had two different stretches of sitting down, what, six-plus batters. So, uh, I mean, man, that if that's really our Friday-Saturday rotation as we continue to move forward, uh, some special things could, could, could come out of these next few – or out of this season for sure. Yeah, we talked about last week how Connor Nolan had, you know, Planted himself in that Friday night role, and then Wicklander comes out Saturday and just throws a gym and shoves all game long. Uh, all of his pitches are working well. He was up to 93, 94 early in the game, but he maintained that 90 plus velocity into the sixth and seventh inning. So that was a that was really good to see him. They didn't really have a drop off. Uh, spin rate was still up later in the game, so it was a lot of fun to watch him. He's going to get a really good test this weekend, so it's going to be a lot of fun uh, watching those guys on Friday and Saturday this weekend. Yeah, no doubt. that, Like you said, the uh, the competition definitely steps up this weekend. You know, a guy that uh, I think we, you know, we've talked about him a little bit, the coaches have talked about him a little bit, but um, finally got a, a good look at him, and I was really – I was impressed with Zach, <clears throat> Zach Morris. Uh, legit mid-90s speed. We we actually sat next to a couple of scouts and got to, you know, asking about their uh, – asking about the guns and if the – you know, what the velo was like and he said usually about a mile prior off and and zach got up there and his first throw was was showed 95 on the on the scoreboard and 94 on the scouts gun so um he he was he was definitely throwing it up there hard had some good off-speed stuff too as well he he looked really good to me yeah he got to come out twice this past weekend and looked really solid the thing was in his second outing this past weekend was he going to be able to show that 94 95 mile per hour fastball uh, based on fatigue from the first outing, because these guys go through a warm-up process to get ready. Even if it's come in for a w- one inning, they're going to throw 40 to 50 pitches in the bullpen before they come out. So to see him to be able to come out a couple days later and go out for a second time in a weekend and still have the same velocity at 93 to 95 and that curveball that has just gotten better as he's gotten older. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch him and a lot of people, especially the ESPN broadcaster Troy Eklund was talking about could he be a starter later on in the season which you know they've got about four or five guys in that 
bullpen right now that are itching for that third spot right now yeah absolutely and it'll be interesting once we get into the you know the um getting into con- consistent midweek games to see how he may fit in there as well at least trying to get his work towards whoever fi- finally falls into that sunday spot uh caden monk looked really good out of the bullpen two appearances three innings of one hit ball did walk two but had five strikeouts so you know monk is is really starting to look like a good piece there in the in the pen as well yeah, I really want to see him as he develops, matures, puts some more weight on. It's going to be exciting to watch him. But we've got a plethora of lefties, you know, coming out of the pen right now that are pumping it in there, 92 to 95. So it's going to be a lot of fun. and It just offers a lot of matchup problems later on in the season. Yep, absolutely. So the Hogs are 7-0, and uh, pretty well where we've picked them to be. I think, you know, we kind of expected a sweep. Four games is always tough to get, but they got it. So consensus top 10 across all polls, even Baseball of America moved us into the top even 10. Even Baseball America, <laughs> yep. That's right. They, they even got us up to number nine, surprisingly enough. So as we look forward to this uh, this 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 matchup in Houston at the Shriners Classic, uh, we'll, we'll start with Oklahoma, uh, obviously the, uh, the Friday matchup. Uh, um, Oklahoma comes in number 15, seven and two with losses to Virginia and Illinois state. Uh, I, am I right in the pitching matchup that it's going to be Cade Cavelli or have they announced that yet? Yeah, it looks like it. I haven't seen an announcement yet. Uh, looking this morning, but yeah, Cade Cavalli, he's a U.S. national team member. He played with Kerstad and Opus last summer. He's a mid nineties, right-handed pitcher. He's really tough. He's going to be their Friday guy. They've got a couple other guys that are really good. But expect to be Cavalli. And then their lineup, uh, Tanner Treadway, he's hitting 405 with a couple home runs. He's a 5'11 outfielder. And then Peyton Graham, he's hitting 333, freshman infielder. And a lot of these guys, they look young. They're kind of like Robert Moore, you know, if they're coming out playing as freshmen. And then Tyler Hardman, uh, he's hitting 305 with a couple home runs as well. He's a 6'2 infielder. Uh, he led the team with a 306 average last year, six home runs, 42 RBIs. Yeah, but Cavalli, He's going to be that typical Friday night guy that you see for SEC schools as well. A big, strong experience, and he's going to be able to challenge this Razorback lineup. And of course, Arkansas is going to go with Connor Nolan. Um, you know, he's he's looked really good in his first two starts on the season. Obviously, two and zero, one point four two ERA over twelve and two thirds. So, uh, fourteen strikeouts. What he just three this past outing, but uh, but still looked really good. Just didn't get quite the uh, the the chases that he seemed to get in the first series. But uh, uh, what can we expect from Connor against this lineup? I know Treadway was just named Big Twelve Player of the Week last week after a five hundred six RBI and two home run week. Yeah, you know, we saw Oklahoma back in the fall. We played, I know, one 14-inning game, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, when we were able to scrimmage other Division One programs. So these teams know each other. I'm sure that they didn't get to see everything. Or they got a good scouting report, though, of the Sooners. So they're going to be able to go and attack. They're playing in a big ballpark down at Minute Maid. Uh, a lot of room out there. So if Connor can stay with his slider, curveball combination on his off speed and that's what we talked about last week he sets up those pitches off of his fastball so it comes out of the same arm slot if he's really rolling and really dealing look for him to settle in and I, I like our chances Friday night even you know they're throwing their aces up you know he potential to be an MLB draft pick this next year 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, looking forward to that one. And of course, uh, on Saturday, uh, we will uh, we'll go up against a familiar foe in Texas, uh, kind of renew the old hate Texas rivalry. Um, I kind of joke around. I've got some buddies who are a little older than I am that that really believe in the Texas, uh, of course, the old school stuff. You know, at, at my age, I don't really remember a whole lot of getting to play Texas other than Matt Jones and a few other games. So looking forward to this matchup with Texas, an uh, undefeated squad. I assume they haven't lost a midweek game since I've looked at their record. Um, yeah, they're still 9-0. and Okay. Led at the plate by uh, senior outfielder Duke Ellis and senior outfielder Austin Todd. Uh, they're hitting 357 and 342 respectively. Uh, but after that, their lineup seems to drop off a lot. Not a lot of not a lot of hitting for average there. Most of those guys are in the 250 range. Yeah, like we saw and talked about, they've only got seven home runs as a team and not a lot of power as a lot of Texas teams that have had in the past. They they struggled last year, Steve. You know, I think they were five hundred, didn't make the NCAA tournament, which is not the norm in Austin. Right. You know, Augie Greedo there, legendary coach. But you can't do that in Texas and get away with it. So they're looking to bounce back this year. They are ranked in a couple of polls as high as sixteenth, uh, I believe, and twenty third in another collegiate baseball has them sixteenth. So uh, they're looking to bounce back and hopefully have a good weekend against you know, two really tough SEC teams in LSU and Arkansas, and then you got Mizzou in there as well. Uh, but they'll probably throw Ty Madden on Saturday. He's 2-0, .6 ERA. Had really good, two really good outings this year. Threw a two-hitter against Boise State. Uh, Boise State, it's their first time playing baseball since 1980. They did sweep Boise State. Had to come back in the last game of the series last weekend. Uh, but a little scouting report on Ty Madden. He's a 6'3", 215 sophomore. Another big righty on the mound. He's 93 to 95. He was drafted out of high school, I believe, in the 34th round by the Royals. Uh, a lot of MLB teams have him on the radar for next year. So it's going to be another good matchup. They could move Madden to the Friday night slot. Just all depends. We base these matchups off of what they've done the past couple of weekends. And if you look, as we look on past Texas into Baylor, we, we have an idea of who they're going to start, but we're not sure because their Friday night guy's gotten shelled a couple of times and hasn't really bounced back since. So uh, Texas is going to be a good matchup. They're not the Texas of old, guys. So don't think they're going to come in here. They're still going to have that Texas swag, but I think that they'll know their place real quick that Arkansas has owned them the last few times we've gone out and played them. Well, I would vote for the uh, the, the give me the, give me the guy that's been getting shelled on Friday nights over Madden <clears throat> as much right. as I much as I'd love to see the old uh, the old baseball you know purist one to nothing two to nothing game which I mean when you got Wick and Madden going against each other that's that's a highly possible thing to happen I'd much rather see us beat Texas by you know twelve or thirteen runs and just put it on them so um, bring us the guy that's been getting shelled and, and we'll let Wicklander work. That's right. Yeah, and I think it's a really good matchup for Patrick Wicklander. Uh, I don't think he'll have much of a problem. Um, I would say going in order, I think Oklahoma's going to be the toughest matchup for us this weekend, then followed by Texas and then Baylor. But if we can work those first two games going into Sunday, I think we have a good chance to sweep this weekend. 
Absolutely. So moving on to Baylor, uh, four and three on the year. They just lost two out of three to Oral Roberts at home. Um, my, so my buddy Wes, who's done the podcast with me, the other podcast with me a few times, big baseball guy. They're actually going to be down there at the Shriners Classic. His wife is a uh, Baylor grad, so we know they can't come back with a win if at all possible. Um, looks like Ramage is getting the start for Arkansas, um, and we're going to assume Hayden Kettler's getting the start for Baylor. Like you said, we don't really know, but that's kind of how it's laid out for them. Um, he's one and one on the season with a 450 ERA um, over uh, 10 innings of work and uh, just four strikeouts against two walks. So, uh, what else can you tell us about this Baylor squad? Yeah, they lost a lot as far as their lineup over last year. They were 35 and 19. They lost in the regional. They are five and three this year. Hayden Kettler was really their, he was their Friday night guy for part of last year. And then doing some research on NCAA.org, they had a season preview and he wasn't mentioned anywhere in there. They had a couple of new guys that come in that they thought they were going to be really rely on, but they really haven't done anything. Kettler is the only starter that has made his schedule start the opening two weekends. He's been on Sunday both times, so that's why we project him to be on Sunday this weekend. But Nick Lofton is our shortstop. He hit 333 on the year. Jared McKenzie, freshman outfielder, is hitting 485. Riley Martinez is another infielder, hitting 308 with nine RBIs. Then Andy Thomas is our catcher, pretty good backstop back there. Uh, But Kettler, back to him, low three-quarter slot. He's going to not be sidearm like Alec Jacob from Gonzaga was last weekend, but he's going to be – low 90s, some arm side run out of that three-quarter slot. But they haven't really pitched as well as a team this year. A lot of Baylor teams that we've looked at in the past, they've always had some really good front-end guys. They're really kind of doing it by patchwork this season so far. They're still trying to find their identity and who's going to really lock themselves into that weekend rotation. So we might see four or five guys come Sunday. So – Speaking of that third day, I mean, obviously Ramage is going for Arkansas. At least that's what's been announced. So, um, what do we what do we want to see out of Ramage in that game? Obviously, you know, the thought process is can he get us five or six and then let the bullpen take over? Seems like on that Sunday we're only getting about two or three out of guys. Um, do you think Ramage settles in in a controlled environment where the temperatures are a little better and, and maybe gets locked in in this game? I think he does, and a lot of it's based on matchups too. You know, we've only seen three innings at the most on Sunday so far. Blake went three, Caleb Bolden, which I think was by design. See, that they only want him to throw three innings as they work him back into whether he's going to be a midweek guy, bullpen setup, you know, third starter. Doesn't matter. But I would love to see our Sunday starter go four or more innings. That takes pressure off the bullpen. They get some guys in there that can get back into their roles without having to stretch guys out. That's the biggest thing that I want to see out of Raymond on Sunday is go in and work four or five innings, get some ground ball out. Let's not try to strike everybody out. Strikeouts are fascist. Let's be more democratic. Get some ground balls in there. So uh, let's you know get that rolling and get out of there with three wins this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, of course, you know, the other big piece for the bullpen on Sunday is, I mean, Texas, as we've talked about, doesn't have a lot of pop, a lot of power. We would hope we'd maybe be able to dominate that game, especially with Wick on the play on the on the mound. But, you know, Oklahoma's a, a good squad this year and, and they put some runs up even in that scrimmage. So, um, you know, we may may have to follow the bullpen a little bit in that one. So, you know, getting four to six out of Ramage on Sunday would be huge. Definitely. So, yeah. A lot of this is determined by what happens the first two games. So if we can get Connor and Wick to do their thing, 
doesn't tax our bullpen a lot. The bats come alive, take advantage of that big outfield, produce some runs. And kudos to Dave Van Horn last weekend. You know, we didn't start off too great against Gonzaga in the first two games or against Lardner and then Alec Jacobs. We struggled quite a bit, you know, to get really good hits. They finally made adjustments. And of course that big inning, you know, we talked about the slash with Robert Moore. We were able to play opportunistic baseball and just didn't have to rely on extra base hits and home runs. So it was really good to see the versatility of this lineup and looking into this weekend, hopefully we'll see some more of that as well. Yeah, I mean, when you've got a guy like Kerstad that's uh, um, that's bunting for inf- or bunting for hits there in an inning, you know, you know, you got something going right. So that Definitely. was a, that was a fun inning, man. That uh, of course we were at that game, and um, that was that was a lot of fun. I think a lot of people were surprised to see to see Kerstad lay that down. Yeah, and you know, sending nine to the plate that inning, and the Robert Moore slash, and the conversation between him and Van Horn, which has you know, got a lot of attention. So. It's a lot of fun to see when innings like that come together. But I guess a really good pitcher, too. Lardner has had us on the ropes up until then. Yeah, absolutely. All right, now that your brains are on Arkansas baseball information overload, maybe I should remind you where to find us on social media. You can find me on Twitter at Steve underscore NSS, and you can find the baseball guru Kevin Bohannon at CoachKBo21 on Twitter and Kevin Bohannon on the Book of Faces. Also, don't forget to find Natural State Sports on all of your social media outlets by searching Natural State Sports. And be sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast, and please leave us a review. On a Tuesday afternoon, it's still water. The 1 1. There's a drive to right center. That could be trouble, and it is trouble. It's going to hit right at the base of the fence. It sticks right there, running around third. Ball didn't bounce off the wall. It just got underneath that padding and just stuck there. And easily around third to score is Kale Imshoff. And Tucker Childers with an RBI double. So. Admittedly, it was extremely tough to find sound on Little Rock baseball, <laughs> um, but I hunted that one up from the Oklahoma State uh, series here these last two games. Um, but more importantly, the mention of Kel Imshoff in there, who was Sunbelt Conference hitter of the week, uh, you know, he didn't have a great couple of games here against uh, against Oklahoma State. Not many of not many of them did, but uh, he hit five twenty nine with a pair of home runs and six RBIs last week. Uh, highlighted by a four for four effort Friday night against Nichols State, where he hit two of those home runs, including a game winner in the tenth. So, uh, Little Rock now six and four on the season, um, and uh, or maybe that's six and five. I can't remember. Um, yeah, they're six and four. Okay, couldn't remember. I knew I hadn't had enough updated this since I pulled all this before their game ended yesterday. So, uh, but yeah, uh, Little Rock, you know, not, not too bad right now. Tough, like I said, tough showing against Oklahoma State, but looked good over the weekend, uh, winning three out of four. They did, and they've opened up the season winning their first two series uh, at home the first weekend, and then last weekend they went down to Louisiana and took three out of four. Miguel Soto's been really hot. He cooled off the last two games, like we said. So did everybody else against Oklahoma State. But he, he's hitting 395 on the year with four doubles. Nathan Lyons from Bentonville is hitting 390, leading the team with 16 hits. And then Kale Imshoff that we've chronicled on the podcast and talked about before, he's hitting 382 after a monster weekend, and he did have those two home runs. Imshoff is just – he's a stud back there. He's 6'2", 230. We talked about him before in the build of James McCann and Coach Curry, Coach James McCann at the University of Arkansas, uh, really compared Kale to James. 
So look for them to bounce this bounce back this weekend off a tough midweek performance. Uh, Hayden Arnold has been lights out on Friday night for them. He's got a 1.8 ERA in his two starts. Hasn't factored into the decision yet. But they'll get to take out the frustration on North Alabama this weekend. North Alabama is only 2-7. and seven. They had a five-game losing streak before, I believe, they beat Belmont yesterday. They're, they're hitting below the Mendoza line as a team. And for those baseball fans out there that don't know what the Mendoza line is, that's 200. 200 is the Mendoza line. And as a team, North Alabama is hitting 195. Yeah, not a uh, not not a very good start to the season from a hitting perspective. Like you said, two and seven. Um, they've got eighty two strikeouts compared to only fifty one hits. So, um, I mean, this early in the season, and you're creeping up on doubling your strikeout to hit ratio, not very good. And then on the pitching side, they're not a whole lot better with a four four o ERA. Um, they are holding batting. You know, they're holding their opponents to just a two twenty nine average. So I guess that's a somewhat of a plus. Yeah, not terrible that you know with a two and seven team that they do have a four point four ERA. That's not terrible in Division One baseball. Of course, they are Division Two, but yeah, uh, two twenty nine uh, batting average against. Uh, that's good considering that they're yeah hitting one ninety five. I think the Trojan pitching staff should be able to take care of business this weekend, and I, they need to win three games this weekend. Just you know, coming off of what they had over in Stillwater, they really need that this weekend as they get reared up for conference play. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so hopefully, I, I'm assuming we're uh, we're picking a sweep here. Uh, for, for We are. This yes. All Mark right. it down. Guru pick of the week. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, moving on. A little bit of Arkansas State. Hang on one second. So I'm really hoping that Arkansas State plays at least an ESPN Plus game soon um, so I can pull some sound for them as well. Uh, Right. (laughs) Three and four on the season. uh, Swept at home last weekend by New Orleans, surprisingly. Uh, Committed five errors on the weekend. Zach Jackson got roughed up a little little bit um, in game two, only able to get three innings, giving up five runs on four hits. So um, tough weekend for Arkansas State. Yeah, and only one of those runs against Jackson was earned. You give up five or six, but only one earned. He had some walks in there, not the best start. Uh, one bright spot was senior Chandler Coates. He's up to a scoreless inning streak to 14 innings, only giving up seven hits and two walks. So he's got a below one uh, walks and hits per inning pitch. Call that the whip. Uh, but he's had a really good, you know, two starts to his year. Uh, the last pitcher for Arkansas State to have that kind of scoreless inning streak was Tyler Zuber. He is from Whitehall, and Tyler is now in the Kansas City Royals organization. So, uh, through eight games, the Red Wolf pitching staff has pitched a respectable 1.29 ERA over 42 innings. So, the good thing is they are getting some really good starting pitching. Problem is, they're not hitting enough. And going in against a tough Dallas Baptist team this weekend that's ranked 22nd in the nation, they're really going to have to get the bats going. Well, if it's any consolation for them, they did seem to get the bats going here in the midweek series. Uh, they just finished up yesterday with a series against Mississippi Valley State uh, and took care of business twenty-two to two yesterday and six to one on Tuesday. So, um, pretty good turn of events. Hopefully, they save some runs for this weekend. Yeah, Jalen DeShazer and Liam Hicks—they're uh, the only Red Wolves to record multi-RBI games. 
Liam Liam Hicks is on a team-high seven-game hitting streak, and he also leads the teams in walks. So, yeah, they're going to have to get some more production out of the lineup. A lot of Arkansas homegrown talent in there. Uh, but yeah, if they can get the get the bats going and scoring 22 runs yesterday is a definitely good way to do it. So yeah, they'll be heading down to Dallas this weekend. They are the TV is on the Patriot Broadcasting Network, so maybe we can pull some sound from DBU after this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 like you said, work cut out for them this weekend. This is uh, anybody that uh, follows college baseball is well aware of Dallas Baptist. This isn't some surprise top twenty-five team uh, being a number eighteen is really not a big surprise. Went down to uh, North, to Chapel Hill and took two of three from I believe at the time number thirteen North Carolina. Uh, That's right, Steve. Yep. Yeah, Dallas Baptist pitcher Dominic Hamill uh, was uh, the collegiate baseball pitcher of the week um, and also MVC pitcher of the week after going seven innings uh, and ten with ten strikeouts, just one hit. He actually had a no-hitter going into the eighth inning. So um, very impressive uh, resume as usual. Team that finished 43-20 and 20 last year, uh, finished their season in the Texas or in the Lubbock Regional. So really, really good program. Yeah, Dallas Baptist is really looking to get over that hump. And what we mean hump – They've won six. They've had six straight seasons of forty wins plus. Eight of the nine, last, eight of the nine last seasons, they've made the NCAA regionals and won forty games. They just have to get past the regionals into a super if they want to get a shot to Omaha. But yeah, they lost last year. They went two and two in the Texas Tech regional. They beat Florida twice. Sent the Gators packing, uh, but did lose to the Red Raiders. So yeah, tough tough weekend for the Red Wolves as they head down to face Dallas Baptist. Hopefully, they can at least pull one game out of this series. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, exactly. One 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 down there would be big. Um, you know, try to try to get things going in the right direction after you know after a tough weekend. So hopefully they do. Uh, we're going to move on now to UCA. So I tried really hard to find sound for from the Southern Miss series, I promise. And I thought I did. And then when I clicked on the on-demand version on the Southern Miss website, it was some women's basketball game. So um, that didn't work out for us. Yeah, they need to follow their clips a little bit better down there in Hattiesburg. Yeah, something. So, ah, man, they got one out of three from Southern Miss this weekend. And then uh, also split a pair with Memphis, you know, one last week and then losing Tuesday of this week, eight to five. Um, one game won this weekend, six to three, and uh, really had a chance in game two against Southern Miss. Um, they scored uh, in the ninth, tying the game up, but uh, Southern Miss hit a walk-off single in the bottom of the tenth to even the series. Yeah, and – UCA's got some really good starting pitching, a lot like Arkansas State has. They just hadn't been able to produce any runs. Gavin Stone's got a 1.42 ERA. Noah Cameron's got a 2.77 ERA over 13 innings pitched the last two weekends. And then Cabot product Logan Gilbertson, who has been a midweek starter, but he's starting to produce some innings on the weekend. He's got a sub-3 ERA. But, yeah, Connor Emmett, he's hitting 433. Bo Orlando. Uh, the stud third baseman for UCA is hitting over 400. And then Sheridan product, Hunter Hicks, has been splitting time at first base and DH is hitting over 300. So they just got to get more consistent. We've talked about how good the pitching staff has been in the past as a whole, how Nick Har- Coach Nick Harlan has done a really good job. But if they want to put up some runs and start competing for a Southland title, they're going to have to start producing more consistently. And they play Southern Illinois Edwardsville this weekend. In Illinois, they're not a great hitting team. Uh, they are four and three on the year. They they split, I believe, against Southland Conference teams. 
So I bet they'll have a pretty good scouting report when SIUE comes into Conway this weekend. Yeah, they, they've, so they've played Nichols twice, uh, who they beat, I think, both times, and then Stephen F. Austin's who they just dropped two against. So, um, you know, not an overly great hitting team, hitting just 218. So pitching should dominate for UCA, you would think, if trends hold. Uh, they do pitch it well at a 3.30 ERA. So, um, you know, hopefully UCA can inflate that number a little bit and get the bats working. Yeah, it should be a nice weekend. Uh, has good temperatures in the 60s and 70s. Uh, wind might start blowing out up there in Conway and start to see some balls fly out of the yard. So they'll be able to get off on a good track this weekend. You know, as they start getting ready, you know, UCA is always going to play a tough non-conference schedule to get ready for a Southland play. Coach Allen Gum has done a really good job of getting his guys ready and tuned up to be peaking at the right time of the year. So they're not too concerned right now, starting out kind of slow at three and five. Uh, but I believe they'll start getting things rolling this weekend and they can look to take their first uh, series of the year. Yep, absolutely. Well, let's hope that happens this weekend uh, at home. Like you said, weather should be much better this weekend than it's been the last couple. Uh, it was definitely cold in Fayetteville this weekend, and, and then Sunday was just downright awful. Um, so hopefully, obviously, hogs are hogs are in, in Houston, so much uh, much better weather uh, for where they're going to be playing, of course. So uh, let's hope that things uh, things work out well there. Um, any any thoughts on the any any on the top 25 from this week, any, any surprises, anything, I know it's early, but anything there that surprised you? People are crazy if they don't have Tennessee in their top 25 right now. That's right. what I think. And, you know, you look around Florida's number one in three polls, but, you know, not counting the coaches poll because they don't come back out with their second poll outside of the preseason release until next week. So they're three and, Four poles actually, and second another. So you know, Florida being a consensus number one is good. Uh, Arkansas is finally in the top ten. You know, Georgia's right there. LSU in, in and out, but yeah, Tennessee deserves to be in the top twenty-five all the way around. I really don't understand a couple of things like UCLA. They're number one in collegiate baseball, but they're down number ten in D one baseball. So I think we've agreed before that D one baseball has their head on straight with Aaron Pitt and. Kendall Rogers, and we kind of follow along with them. They've got Arkansas at number six uh, behind Texas Tech, Georgia, Louisville, Vandy, and Florida. So it's going to be a really fun weekend. Hopefully Arkansas can make some noise and be a consensus top five by this time next week. Yeah, maybe we'll have just an SEC player of the week this week. We want to share it with anybody. That would be nice. (laughs) Wouldn't it, though? (laughs) I, I I don't I won't hold my won't hold my breath on that when we might pass out. But. Yeah, they're trying to spread the love early in the season against non-conference teams, so that's the that's the last I'm getting the benefit of the doubt. But when you produce two national players of the week and they can't even get player of the week in their own conference, come on, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, without a doubt, I don't, I don't get yeah. that not one bit. So, um, doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. All right, man. Well, make sure everybody that uh, you guys um, uh, paid watch watch Zach and Katie this week on uh, on Natural State Sports Live. You can find that on our Facebook page. Just make sure you search Natural State Sports and uh, and add the live notifications. Kevin, I know that uh, your uh, this podcast might get out after the fact, but remind folks how to sh- how to find your segment on one zero three seven The Buzz. Yeah, we're actually on a day later this week. We'll underwear last night. So we're actually going to go on live from Bell Chevrolet this evening at 6 o'clock on The Buzz. 
So tune in. We'll kind of be previewing what Arkansas's got and looking at uh, the 2A classification, see if Junction City can repeat. And uh, if the South, uh, tough baseball in South Arkansas, if they can compete for another state title. So yeah, 103.7 The Buzz, and uh, looking forward to uh, getting back on the radio. All right, sounds good, guys. Don't miss that. And that'll wrap up things for another week around the diamond in the natural state. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks, as always, for joining me, Kevin. Enjoy the ballpark this weekend. Thanks a lot, Steve. We'll see you at the ballpark. Yes, sir.